Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. We're, we're wrapping up our series on uh, hide-and-seek, and, seek. and uh, much like that video, God wants to be found, but it takes us seeking him and how easy it is for us to get distracted, how easy it is, is for us to, to go over here or go over here or go over here and stop in the seeking of God. And so today we're going to talk about seeking you shall find. Now, when we first started, we talked about the whole thing of God hiding, a man hiding from God, and then the whole Garden of Eden, and we were talking about shame that particular Sunday, that you cannot make, sh- that you cannot make shame go away by behaving differently. You have to believe differently. And then last Sunday, we talked about more of the person who believe- says they're a Christian, but is uh, very far from God, and is not following God, as a matter of fact, living in opposition to God, that God will hide his face, that God will discipline. And we use the thing that God promises to never leave us or forsake us, but he will teach, rebuke, and discipline us because he loves us. Now, what we found out this morning, that people are watching. I don't know if you have an Alexis in your house. I love the fact that we have an Alexis. So I can say, Alexis, play Eagles or play 70s Rock, and it does it. Alexis, why does the moon do such and such? And it's shocking how quick the answer comes. I mean, it's almost like I'm not even finished saying it before the answer comes. That if you don't think they're listening, if you really think, you talk about garbage bags, you talk about, oh man, we need a coffee grinder and see how quick it'll be before you get advertisements either in your mailbox or on your computers and devices of those things. Guys, they're listening. As a matter of fact, uh, an article today talked about how Arizona's suing, suing Google right now because if you turn on Don't Track Me, to them that's just a suggestion. All right, so Arizona's suing Google right now because they are tracking. I, again, I think we don't, no, they wouldn't do that. Who's got time for that? Google does. All these engines do because that's what marketing is. They want to market you, which I get it. If I type in a T-shirt or if I type in, like I was looking for a, a, a shirt for gigging and things, and I found one. Well, the minute you click on that website, guess what? Every Every shirt company in the world is going to start sending you ads. And all of a sudden this, and all of a sudden this, whether it be Facebook or YouTube, you type in a certain band, I want to hear this song, you type that in, next time you go to YouTube, all those bands are there. Guys, it's called, I I had to actually text uh, Jared, Jared, what is it called when they're tracking you and all this? Algorithms. Guys, they do that on purpose because that's how they market things. And they want to market the good stuff. That's why billboards only show the good stuff. That's why websites only show the good stuff. They don't show the bad. Much like that shirt company that I bought a shirt. And I thought, this is going to be great. I waited weeks for it to come. It came. My son Micah couldn't even fit in this thing. I mean, I don't think, my arm wouldn't even go through the hole. And it was a 4X, says 4X on it. What, what is it, a 4X like little people? I, what is this? I, I didn't understand. I mean, because they don't tell you that part, that the measurements are a little bit different in other countries than here, all right? They don't show it because that's not mar- that's not what marketing wants to do. They want to show you the good stuff. They're not going to hide. They're going to hide the bad stuff. 
then why is it when it comes to God, God's wisdom is so great, why would he hide it from us? I mean, why would God hide something that he wants everyone to know? And that's usually the argument I hear from atheists. All right, atheists will say, I don't believe in God. And if there was a God, why doesn't he just poof, show us that he exists? I, and I'll take them to, you know, Romans talks about God's creation is evident, da, da, da. No, they just want God to, to exist. But I don't know if you ever thought, why isn't, God, why don't you just show yourself? It'd make our job a lot easier. I mean, if a 2,000-foot Jesus appeared in the sky going, hey, go see Tim at Horizon. I mean, my job would be easy, but, but that's not how it's supposed to be. And so here's the main idea that we're going to work from is this. When God is our greatest desire, hidden desire, Desire, hidden things are revealed. When God is our greatest desire, hidden things are revealed. Now, we're going to camp out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So don't, if you can keep up with me with the verses I'm going, you are good. I'll give you a free donut and coffee for a month if you can do this. Because you're not that fast. You're not as fast as my screen can pop up verses. So we're going to do what I call little Bible gymnastics at first. We're going to jump around just to make a point And then we'll camp out in 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 6. But Proverbs 25, 2 says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter... To search out a matter is the glory of kings. It's the glory of God. It's, he loves to hide things in order for them to be found. That we become royalty when we search after the deep things of God. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, some will be, well, that's Jeremiah. God was only talking to Jeremiah. No, I mean, he was, but that principle is throughout Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of what? God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God is destined for our, for our glory before time began. God has taken this wisdom before you were born, before man walked the earth. He's taking that and he's hidden that for a time for our glory, destined for our glory. That he wants to reveal this, that he's hidden before time. He wants to reveal it to those who seek after it. Mark, Matthew, Jesus talking about prayer, says, says this. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, he's talking about prayer. And I use this scripture all the time. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I can't tell me how many times I've told someone who's seeking after God that, do you keep seeking? I promise you. God makes a promise you're going to find. You're going to receive. Just keep seeking because God loves to reveal himself. It says, verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Because when God is our greatest desire, he will reveal the hidden wisdom, the things that he wants us to know, that he's hidden before time began to reveal to us. Now, this is where I got in trouble, I guess, on uh, YouTube and Facebook. 
because when I sit down with a couple and counsel them and for premarital counseling, I usually start off usually the first time I will talk about how God created man and God created man in his own image. He created the male and female. That guy cut me off, the rest of that. So uh, if they could relapse, take me off again, all right? No, God created male and female. And when he created them, he put the image of God in them. John Eldridge in his book, Wild at Heart, if you've not read Wild at Heart, you need to get it. If you have little boys, you definitely need to memorize it because this is going to, especially you moms going, this is why my boy acts this way. This is why he still as an adult acts this way because God created man with the image of God. He's supposed to be adventuresome, courage. He wants to save the dead. He wants to rescue the damsel in distress. And there's everything inside of him that beats toward that. That's why most favorite movies he have is his Braveheart and Saving Private Ryan and 300 with, with King Leonidas. No Svatan shall die this day! Every man's inside, I want to be that guy. I, I, I want to be the guy jumping on the grenade. I want to be the guy that saves the platoon. I want to be that. But what sin has done, sin has come along and ruined that, and it's made us all doubt whether we can or not. We doubt that. And women, here's just a freebie here. Not that I charge for counseling, but here's a freebie. If you believe in your man, you will release the hero that he's designed to be. Because that's what men, I believe men desire more than even sex. Sex is too. But man de desires more that his spouse, his wife, believes that he's the guy. What part of the image of God did women get? There's an idea of worship. Now, I know no women in here desire to be worshipped. I know they were all in the first service. Uh, but <laughs> because a lot of times we think of worship and mean bowing down, and there may be some women in here that want that from their man. You know, just kneel to me. I, but that's not what worship, I mean, technically it's bowing to God. We say we sing worship, but worship isn't about music. It's about the pursuit of God. Worship is the pursuit of God. I, this last Tuesday, it was Gwen and I's 37th anniversary of me asking her to marry her. And we pretty much remember that every year. Sometimes she'll remember it before I do, and vice versa. Um, and so we're sitting outside just remembering that day. And just talking about it, I said, yeah, you were so nervous. I could tell something was up because you were weird all day long. And I probably was. I don't remember any of that. I don't even remember what I said to her. I don't remember how I asked her. Good thing is, she doesn't either. So that's, that works out perfect. She could say, you said this, and I'd have to agree because I don't remember. I was just like, you know, when am I going to do this? It was more, is it now, is it now, is it now? Should it, no, 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 no. That's where I was at. So I wasn't, yeah, I didn't say you want to get hitched. I mean, I knew I didn't say that. But I do remember, and she remembers that she didn't answer right away. I think she was going through her options. Is this the best I can do? I don't know. You know, there's Bob in the youth group too. You know, now I saw... But she was just, she was caught in the moment, all right? Now, if someone were to ask me at that point in time, Are, you want to marry this? Do you know who she is? I would say, yeah. I know, my, I know who Gwen is. A little bit, all right? And I would have said, no, I, I probably would have said, like most couples that I meet with, oh, we know everything there is about each other. I try not to laugh out loud at that point in time. No, you don't, because that takes time. That takes a long time to get to that point. That takes pursuit. 
And men, here's a freebie for you. The reason your wife is with you is because she pursued you unless you got letters or pictures or something that, that she has to be with you. I mean, she's with you because you pursued her. You did things that you would normally and never do to win her heart, to win her favor. And the thing is, most guys stop doing that because they won. They've got her mounted above the living room and take the picture. They don't think they have to do that anymore. Listen, man, you didn't know this is a marriage, marriage service. She desires to be pursued because every woman wants to be pursued. Every woman. That's why I'll draw on a piece of paper, I'll talk about the X marks the spot. And I said, now guys, you, you think X marks the spot because you, you want to know the rules of the game of marriage. Just tell me the rules because I can follow rules. But I said, there is no rules because the minute you think you know the rules, it changes because it's a different game. All right, and here's the thing. You think you get to one X and now you've got everything, but it changes because there's hundreds of X's if you pursue. If you pursue, the woman will reveal herself. And I've been pursuing for 37 years. I don't know everything about Gwen yet. That's the fun part. A marriage usually starts falling sideways. We'll start wobbling when you stop pursuing, when you stop getting to know the person. God, he created us in our, his image, wants to be pursued. Isaiah 55, 6, and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. It's back to that desire. Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break, break up your plow, unplowed ground for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness to you. Zephaniah 2.3, seek the Lord, all you humble of the, of the land, you who do what he com commands. Obedience is a part of that. Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he what? Rewards those who earnestly seek him. God rewards when we seek. When God is our greatest desire, hidden things are revealed. In Matthew eleven twenty five, it says here that Jesus is speaking. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. All right, so you stop. Okay, what is, what is he praising his Father for? Because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned. And God will hide things, guys. He'll hide things from the prideful. He'll hide things from those who want to use it for other means. He'll hide things who, from people who think they know it all anyways. And he's revealed it to the little children, the humble, the unlearned, the inquisitive. Hazel May, the other day, this last, well, this last week, she... I said, what you do today? I watched a movie called Farmageddon. Is that what it's called? Farmageddon. So what was it about? I said, it was about sheep. sheep. Any other animals? Were there octopuses or whales? I usually go down the whole, whole list of other animals. And I said, any other animals? Oh, there was a sheep dog. All right. 
So I was in front of my computer. I pull up sheepdog images. I said, which one? Do it look? That one. I look like that one. I said, you know what the sheepdog does? No. So I pull up YouTube, sheepdog herding sheep. There's some awesome videos. I mean, they're real. I mean, Gwen and I were like, wow, because there was some aerial videos of the sheepdogs working a whole, I don't know what to call them, flock, I guess, flock of sheep, and they were just herding them through one gate, and it, just, it looked like little ants trying to pile them through a little door. I mean, it, we, I could watch that forever. I said, it said you want to see a, 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 a cattle dog where a dog works the cattle? Yeah, so I pulled that up, and here's a dog working the cattle. Ten minutes later, she walks out uh, to me and goes, do they have pig dogs? <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I mean, I, but I love it because she's, she just wants to know. And that's how God says, I take pleasure in showing my wisdom to children who don't think they know everything. Dr. Henry Ironside is an old, old preacher, commentator, old, like gone old. He said this. He said this about preaching. Always put the cookies on the bottom shelf so the kiddos can get them. I mean, that was, that's to us preachers. You know, you need to take the wisdom of God and put it on the bottom shelf so the kiddos could get them. I'm going, I'm the kiddo. I need it on the bottom shelf. That's the only way I learned. And I said, thank you, God, that you put it on the bottom shelf for me and for you guys. It's not for just the, the huge learned types. It's for those who are just seeking. They have not a clue. Show me, reveal to me. And that's why back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says in verse 9, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now he's quoting the Old Testament here. And a good way to find that out, if you have a smartphone device, Usually if you're reading through the scripture, if there's a bubble there, that means it's an Old Testament scripture. You hit the bubble and it'll tell you what the Old Testament passage is. It's Isaiah 64, 4. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So in the Old Testament, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived with the God. But for, for us, but God has revealed it by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except a man's spirit within him? I love it when someone says, well, I know what you're thinking. No, you don't. <laughs> you wouldn't want to know what I'm thinking right now. I mean, we, we, we may be correct sometimes or what, but I only know what it's going through my mind. And that's why he's making the point. It's the same way. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now watch this, verse 12. But we... Believers in Jesus Christ, we've not received the spirit of the world. We have received the spirit was from God that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This hidden knowledge that before you were born, before mankind was created, he's, has his, and he has this knowledge that he wants to give because it's to our glory and it, it's meant to be distributed. But how it's going to be distributed is through the spirit of God that he gives freely that's why John 14, 26, he's telling the disciples, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit from the Father, will send, I will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. They didn't have the Spirit of God yet. That came in Pentecost in the book of Acts. You didn't have the Spirit of God, and you didn't, they didn't have a New Testament yet. 
They only had the Hebrew scriptures, and they didn't carry that in their back pocket. It's not like they had a little small scroll like we'd have a little New Testament. I mean, it's not what, they didn't have that. So Jesus, there's going to be a day when the Spirit of God is inside you, and he's going to stir up everything I taught you. And here's the deal. We're, we've got the advantage. Not only do we have the Spirit, if you're a believer in Christ, you've got the New Testament on top of that. You've got everything Jesus taught. And the only way the Spirit can stir things up is if you put it there in the first place. You're not going to be sitting out there and you're going through some difficulty and all of a sudden, Matthew 12, 32. Wow, that's a powerful verse. I don't know what Matthew 12, 32, I just pulled it from there. But that's not going to happen. It's not all of a sudden this verse is going to materialize in your head and you say, I'll have to go look that up someday. No, the Holy Spirit stirs up what's already there. That's why we got to be in it, guys. The problem is, we're not. Barnes poll says this. Only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. That's all Americans now, not just believers in Christ. All Americans, which you're included in, have a six, 6% have a biblical worldview. That when something happens, when something takes place, that I, that I see the situation of how the Bible sees the situation. That when I read a story in Nigeria about Christians in Nigeria this week, that whole families were hacked to death by Muslim herdsmen, I react. I mean, first I want to say, God, go, that's what I want. But then I start to pray because all of a sudden I imagine those pastors, those pastors in those churches. I mean, can you imagine? You've got to do services for families of kids and adults who have been chopped up. How are they going to put things back together? Lord, send your mercy. Send, Send judgment on those guys. I have no problem praying for justice to be served on them, but I do have compassion. Why? Because this is what the Bible tells me. That's having a biblical worldview. When I see things, Tony Perkins puts it this way, every Christian can and should obtain a biblical worldview, which is only achieved when a person believes that the Bible is true, authoritative, and then taught how it is applicable to every area of life, which enables them to live out those beliefs. Because of the Spirit of God inside of me, because of the Word of God that I have, that I'm establishing how I should view things, even things like what possibly got us kicked off the last service. I have a biblical worldview. The world says this, guys, this is what the Bible says, and I will, con- I will never veer from that, no matter if we're forever turned off. I can't. The Bible tells me otherwise. And that's why when it gets to 1 Corinthians 2, 13, he says, this is why what we spoke, that's what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but by words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Have you ever tried to explain biblical concepts to someone who's not a Christian? Sometimes they go, what? I don't get it. Because they can't. They don't have the Spirit of God, but there's a time when the Spirit of God enters the conversation. I can still remember when the lights went on, when my friend Mike was sharing the gospel for me, all of a sudden, for the first time, it's not the first time I've heard this stuff, it's for the first time I understood this stuff, that the Spirit of God was at work, and the lights and the bells and the whistles all went off. He says they can't understand them because they're spiritually undiscerned. They can't discern those things. Verse 15, the spiritual man makes judgments about all things, 
But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? No one can. But we have the mind of Christ. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given the word of God. You've been given the mind of Christ himself to deal with life. And then when I go to him and seek out that wisdom, when he becomes my greatest desire, then the hidden things that God has put over here since the beginning of time, meant for my glory, he will reveal. That's what David says in Psalms 70 through 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And in earth, nothing I desire besides you. There's nothing. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field when a man finds it. He hides it again. And then, I love this, in his joy, he sells everything he has to purchase that field because it's worth it. Again, God is our greatest desire. Hidden things are revealed. And hidden things are revealed through the circumstances we go through as well. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about this thorn in his flesh. Now, it probably is not a literal thorn. It's something that's bugging him. It could be some person, some individual. Some say he was hunchback, so was his looks. Some say he didn't talk very well. That could be it. I'm glad we don't know because we can put anything we want as the thorn. But it says here in verse verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Pleaded, Lord, take this away. Take this away, take this away. And each time God said no. But you gotta think, man, if Paul can't get something taken away, what are my chances? Look at the reason. He said to me, no. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Interpretation. I could take this away, right? God could take anything away but I'm not going to because of this, you're going to have to seek me every day. You're going to have to come before me every day to rely on me and my strength and then that will show the power that really exists through you is not because of you, it's because of me. It's funny, I was going to show a clip of Karate Kid, uh, but we thought that would get us kicked off YouTube and Facebook because it's a movie, because they're getting all squishy about that too. So if you've seen Karate Kid, the original, you've got Daniel who's, you know, he's beat up by this gang of karate masters, and he runs into Miyagi, and Miyagi, he asks him, hey, will you teach me karate? He says, only, only if you do exactly as I tell you. He agrees. So he shows up to the house, ready to learn karate, and he hands him a paint bucket, paint defense. Paint defense, yeah. Paint, no, up, down, up, down. See, some of you guys know exactly what I'm saying. I love that part. All right, he paints the fence, comes back to over first, and he says, other side? You had to paint both sides. Next day he comes back, has him wash the car and wax the car. Wax on, wax off, Right? Some of you watch way too many movies, like me. And then the next day comes, sun the floor. Sun the floor. And so now, at the end of the day, he's ticked. I mean, he cusses at me. You haven't taught me anything. You said you're going to touch me karate. And you're done, your son. 
Show me. Paint the fence. He does this. No. Paint the fence. Show me. Wax on, wax off. He goes down. No, 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 no. Wax on, wax off. Now show me. Sand the floor. Sands the floor. And it stands back. Show me. Paint the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he blocks every single one. Show me. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blocks everyone. Show me. Sand the floor. Yeah. Oh, no. Better not do that. You might have caught a leg right then and there. I'll do this leg. Yeah. And he blocks every one of them. Then he stands back. He looks at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he blocks every single one of them. And then he bows. Look, I always look, I to him. And because he had been teaching them karate the whole time. That sometimes the things that we go through is teaching us. It's revealing hidden things. That is preparing us to deal with life's issues. God could take those things away. He can say, poof, they're gone. No. I'm going to leave these here because it's in your weakness that you will be seen as strong. It's the issues you're going through that will be a testimony to everybody else that you belong to me. So, application time. How are you in spending time pursuing God? I mean, if you'd be honest with yourself, no raising of hands or anything, that's in your notes to ask those questions. How much time are you spending in your pursuit of God? All right, you can put, well, I was at church on Sunday. All right, put that down. How much time are you spending reading God's Word? According to Barna, the latest polls is that only 14% of all people that call themselves Christians, 14% read their Bible every day. 14% a couple times a week. Over 50% is either once a year or never. I mean, 34%, 35%, never. It's even 1% that says, oh, I don't know. They don't even know what it is. How am I supposed to learn about this secret wisdom if I'm not in the book that has it? How much time do you spend in prayer? Gordon Barnett, seven out of 10 Americans say they pray on a, well, at least once a week. And that includes, bless this meal, amen. And I thought this question, whether it's the right way to phrase it, but if you spent the same amount of time that you pray talking to your spouse or best friend, would you still be married or have a friend? I mean, think about that. Okay. If you actually wrote down how many minutes a day, week that you spend praying and applied that to how much time you talk to your wife, would you still have a relationship? <laughs> or you might say, it's perfect. I don't have to talk to her. She doesn't have to talk to me. I, no. She wants to be pursued. You want to be pursued. How much time? 
Because I had a friend challenge. He says, man, I always call you. I go, when? When? I went to my phone records. There's no call from you. You text? Dude, I've got all my texts from you for three years. Three years. You've texted me one time in three years on my birthday. All the other times, me texting you. When? Again, if we're going to call each other friends, it needs to be based on something. We kind of throw that term around very loosely. They're my friend. Well, but when somebody says, I'm your best friend, really? I mean, personally, I don't have a best friend. Well, my wife is my best friend. And we already had that discussion. But, I mean, I've got guy friends. I don't have one who's my best guy friend. But I have a handful of guys that I take everything to. Everything. So, if I were to calculate my time in pursuit of God, as I would my friends or my family or my wife, how does that rank? Because God has this secret wisdom that he has hidden since time began that's meant for my glory because my glory not to me. Look at me, look at me. It's meant for me to learn the secret wisdom of God that he freely wants to give us. And he says, I freely want to give it to So I put the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. I've actually given you a book. I mean, you can put it on your, you've got a hundred versions of the Bible on your phone. And I've given you the mind of Christ and you still don't seek me. What do I got to do? He's not going to force feed us. He's not going to take the Bible. You're going to eat this. Open your mouth. Open and force it in there. No, you don't even do that with your own kids. Well, maybe sometimes with your kids. No, God's not going to do that. Because why? God wants to be pursued. I mean, women, be honest. If you had to instruct your husband, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to buy me. This is what... I know, maybe the first time or the second time, hey, honey, it's not even the gift. It's that's that you took time to think about it. Am I right, women? Okay, for some of you, it's a gift. I get it, all right? No, but right? It's that they took the time. I mean, it might not be what you wanted, but they took the time to seek it. They actually thought about it, and they, they pursued it, and they wanted it. And you're, you're in love with that part. Guys, God wants to be pursued, but here's the deal. He always gives the good stuff. Always. When God is our greatest desire, and things are revealed because God wants to be pursued. Father, may we be a people that pursue you. Uh, you've given us everything we need. As a believer in Jesus, I have the Spirit of God inside of me that knows the mind of mind of Christ. You've given me the word of God that I can go to and, and it's new every morning because I can read a verse 10 times and the 11th time all of a sudden, where did that come from? Ah, Lord, uh, you've been so good and you want to give us, but you want to be sought after. You're not going to force feed us. May we desire your secret wisdom to help us live this life, to help us work our jobs, to help us be in our marriage and our relationships. Help us lead this church. Father, thank you for this day. May we take advantage of it. You got us up, got us dressed. So 
Let us not waste that time. I pray this in Jesus' name.